Hello Universe! Welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back for another amazing episode of Foundation Season 2, Episode 7, deceptively entitled A Necessary Death, written by Eric Carrasco and David Cobb, directed by Mark Tondere. I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I think the pace worked a lot better than the pace from last episode, only because it kept the consistency for a little bit long with each scene where it needed to be before it took us to another scene that directly connected to what was previously being explored. So it all creatively flowed together perfectly. And thus, I gave it a perfect 10 out of 10. It's funny, when David S. Goyer was doing the interview with Bald Move, David's like, yeah, I listen to podcasts all the time, even podcasts that don't exclusively do foundation. And I was like, me? Oh my God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the What's procedure, everyone? Calm? What's the procedure? Stay calm. Wait, 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 wait. Everybody calm down. But then he mentioned Pete Peppers and no one else. Yeah, I'm shamelessly searching for validation. (laughs) I broke this episode down into our locations. So we have Trantor, what's going on in Ignis, and then what is going on out in the galaxy with Bel Rios. We finally caught back up with him. And it all feels very much like we're culminating to a very... uh, tumultuous end in which a lot of people are going to be surprised. (laughs) It's about to go back. Since last recap, we we ended on Trantor. We'll go ahead and start on that storyline. It was, and it continues to be, I think it's universally accepted that this is the favored storyline. I'm not sure when that's going to change considering this is all original content. I just finished the 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 third. So the second or the third prequel? The second prequel. So I finished the prequel. I know all about what I need to know and I'm jumping into Foundation. And I think once we get out of the preliminary stages, the foundation stuff will get more interesting. But for now, it continues to be secondary because there isn't enough characters there that connect us directly to Terminus. There, all we've had is the warden who got vaporized before I could even suss him out and the mayor who's a douchebag, but very much loves his daughter. He is a military commander. He is all about what they've been preparing for. And it's perfect because it's exactly what the foundation needs, which is beneficial as the shadowy organization in the background, really not 
necessary for the plot until we need it to be. I mean, they, they did very effectively convey what needed to be conveyed on Terminus as we head into this upcoming foreshadowed battle, if not the war. And I think that how it's going to be communicated via Terminus and the Empire is going to be interesting as Polly is fully aware that seldom had cross purposes but as far as the foundation and terminus knows they were sent on a diplomatic mission and if the response is as i'm beginning to suspect a dead constant all we really expect from them this season is to show the wrath of one prophet selden to show and humiliate the empire in a way that he's gonna have no choice but to scuttle back to his rock and stay there because <laughs> there's a new world order and now you're just another squirrel in the machine trying to get a nut because once anyone sniffs blood in the water the sharks will come and if you make so many enemies, when you fall, you best believe some hungry motherfuckers. They're going to tear him up. But other than my predictions, let's actually get into what occurred on Trantor. Constant and Polly are in jail under guard. Himself, Polly suffering from withdrawal and wondering if boredom will drive them to suicide to which constant replies if that were possible would any of us still draw breath something that doesn't very much feel like constant especially if you take in her stance which felt very prophet like polly feels that he failed and fucked up the diplomatic mission reads constant feels they are where they're supposed to be say go to the imperial palace here we are he wishes he just had his drugs because that would make the time go by quicker. Meanwhile, Empire and Demrazel receive the news of the clerics reaching out, just as Rios has reached out to the Outer Reach. Demrazel wonders if maybe they should postpone his marriage plans considering the timing and wonders if he is having second thoughts. I love the way this scene was shot. They were both in this dark, deeply intimate conversation with each other. And it's not just a conversation. It's actively making huge decisions. And considering we see Dawn in a very similar proximity to Seraph doing similar things, it's a way to connect the two storylines I thought worked really well. Also notice how Demerzel put her hand on his back in that familiar gesture that she seems to use when she is encouraging him and when she is emotionally manipulating him and while he is tempted to give into his feelings he steps away I say feelings with quotation marks fist bald teary-eyed and confirms reaffirms his commitment 
it's as if she is begging him to consider without actually doing so what his decisions are considering the fires that are imploding around you and that caress i think aligned with that goal going back to the sexual aspect of their relationship and the feelings quote-unquote to look at i can't say they're authentic because there's too much it's the same with dawn and sarah when you have that much psychological power over someone then it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint the the authenticity (laughs) doesn't mean that there might not actually develop or there isn't actual feelings because there's a quote later on that harry says that i think sums up day in ways that he's just too ignorant to understand it's simply tainted i think more so with day and demerzel considering also the power dynamics and the the pure control one has over the other it can never be an equality and that means it can't ever truly be authentic that's just my personal feelings but he does step away like a you know like he's breaking up with his girlfriend (laughs) you know his fists are bald he's teary-eyed he affirms his commitment no i'm going through with this marriage he doesn't actually say those words he asked the question out loud that they're both thinking i don't have to do this like there's no going back once i do this and it is as if she's actually trying to encourage him to maybe put this shit on hold and reconsider but he doesn't he says that their relationship will have to change i bet he would consider being a faithful husband and it seems as if he truly has that thought in mind and i'm thinking well what's going to happen to the pleasure palace (laughs) and the pleasure gardens he's like look girl i'm always gonna take care of you you're always gonna have a home with my family and children even if they don't resemble me which is gonna be odd but they'll still be empire and i can see how he rationalizes that I don't protect any of y'all, which is Demerzel's philosophy. I protect empire. So if my children are, and I think maybe I need to understand how this works better because Bel Rios was talking about it. Like basically if anything happens to this day, they'll just decant another one, right? Who will have the same memories up until the moment of his death. But if he's abolishing the genetic dynasty and he serves empire, which is whoever sits on the middle throne, which is day. I'm trying to think this through. So she can't. Like she has no actual loyalty to him if what he's going to do is going to destroy the empire and i suppose because he's saying i'm having children they in effect would have the transference of what would be considered empire the future of the empire 
which extends beyond the genetic dynasty. So if that is the case, trying to put that together later on with homegirls plan, I guess I'm going to put a pin in that for right now. Because Don, they're, they're thinking he's just going to grant him his freedom. Once the first child's born, you know, I'll let you go off into the sunset or you can, you know, you can stay here rent free. <laughs> Even though you'll clearly, obviously be, uh, and I think because of his naivety, he doesn't realize that you can't, he, ha- or he has to though, which means he's planned for Dawn's death that that's the part i'm really having a hard time that dawn doesn't reconcile like i am a threat no matter if i am in 10 moons away or sitting right under his thumb in the palace and now he has absolute control over editing my memories demerzel is visibly upset but i think she's visibly upset with his decision making Queen Seraph is enjoying the way in which she angered her nemesis looking at his jawline <laughs> as she rewatches the footage, but Rue has some words of wisdom. She points out that yes, Day is smitten with her, unusually so, probably because she doesn't hide her contempt of him and foolishly underestimates her. But one thing you don't want to do to a man like that is humiliate him. Amen to that shit. I like Rue a lot. I think she is the voice of reason and caution that Seraph needs. And she understands what it takes to not only deal with men, but with this particular man. However, on that note, Demerzel shows up. She said Queen Seraph betrothed. She congratulates her on her words with the crowd and she felt genuine when she was saying that your engagement is announced though and i am here to escort you to the doctors to begin the process of examination something set up to absolutely do exactly what rue was warning about rue tries to put her off but demerzel said no when i say now i kind of mean now queen spicy though is not subtle I will say I did not think she was going to take the bull by the horns. I thought this was going to be something that was kept a closely guarded secret until episode 10. But no, homegirl just spit it right out there in the garden. Well, whatever the fuck they were walking through. She knows all about Demerzel's mechanical nature and that being read into the family secrets is a way to not live at a disadvantage. I do like how she explains herself because it appears as if she's being transparent by giving very rational explanations of why she's throwing this out there. Like, hey, I'm not going to use this against you. I just need to know what's going on here because I'm about to be part of the family. Demerzel admits to being a humanoid. Seraph tells her of her governess who who explained to her all about the pogrom and the destruction of her kind and asks, are there any other survivors? Demerzel says, to my knowledge, I am the last one, which doesn't 
mean there aren't any more out there. Because she knows this is an interrogation and that she can expect more questions, she faces Sarah. That is a great directional move, readily admitting that she served the dynasty since Cleon the First. Did you serve any other masters before him? Not directly. Maybe that's a state of being she wants to get back to. <laughs> because Seraph asks, what does that mean? And she brings up finally so that people can stop referencing them when the show has not referenced them to know exactly what she is and isn't supposed to be doing. But she mentions the three laws. Actually, she only mentions or tells us of two. Cannot harm a human directly or indirectly allow a, harm a human to come to harm is what I believe they were. Now she has one law, which is to serve empire. Queen Sarath is soliciting here. She wants to know if Demrazel is malleable to becoming an ally. Because anyone around that man for more than 24 hours and is a smart woman has to be fed up. And says, I'll be an emperor soon. Will you serve me? I will serve Empire. I scrolled past a Tumblr post that stated, it's unfortunate when two bad bitches, Demrazel and Seraph, are pitted against each other. And I wouldn't say they're pitted against each other. They serve two different masters. <laughs> And I don't think that Demrazel is considered a personal enemy of Sarath because she knows that all she is is someone programmed to be an appendage and a effective one at the behest of the Empire of Day himself. Personally, I think that Demrazel likes Sarath just professionally we ain't gonna be friends you can see on sarah's face there's an interest there and what must it be like for this person this woman but there begins to be a mutual respect even if it is just an understanding of where the other one's strengths are when she gets to her exam she has an audience which is meant to be the humiliation. This is something women have definitely suffered realistically in the past <laughs> when they were considered to be a bride to someone. Got to make sure you can have those babies. Her response is right. Thank you all for your interest. Oh, that's awkward. The Dr. Oren, I think his name was, introduces himself. He's got all his sterile equipment. She's got her feet in the stirrups she's exposed to the room he brings up a uh, blueprint that's not correct but a sonogram <laughs> an x-ray i know i don't know i'm not a doctor to show that the the queen has stimu chemically stimulated her ovaries and despite her best efforts 
to pretend she's unbothered when you look at her flaring nostrils clearly this is not a position any woman no matter how strong wants to be put in front of the doctor tells Sarah of their intent to sedate her and harvest her eggs which she will not allow call me old-fashioned but i like to see the ink on the paper first before you just start taking my eggs they said he wanted it to be done organically but apparently <laughs> he's okay with the other the other option Demerzel said you're in no position to argue and hands down one of my favorite lines of the series is that a joke Demerzel? i can argue in any position she's a killer queen got body genetic dynamite with a laser beam guaranteed to blow your mind Demerzel claps back with the minute you two got engaged your womb became imperial property imperial is that the right word and you would know all about being imperial property wouldn't you get the fuck out of here you basic ass domain looking motherfucker this is what I mean by respect. That was not a catty smile that Demerzel gave her. That was a damn. I'm impressed. <laughs> but also, Queen Seraph has no chill. She's a robot, man. She's a robot. Rue steps in to point out that Cloud Dominion also has a standing here. We will produce dozens of eggs in due time, but not before they're married. The way Sarah smiled at that doctor, like, if you don't get your hands out of my pussy. <laughs> Followed up with, and don't need, and you, <sighs> Followed up with, you don't need to worry about the process either, Denbrazel. I know you and my husband have an arrangement, and I won't get in the way. If you and Day wish to continue playing Sanctum and Scepter, I'm happy to carry his children, and you do the drudge work. Daddy, chill. I said, Lord, this child ain't going to make it to the altar. <laughs> Testing robots and shit. <laughs> Checkmate, though. Checkmate. She put an end to that shit happening right then and there. And that's why Demerza had to leave the room with a very implicit threat of her own. Like, okay, all right. Something circular was removed from her vag and she looks at her guard with clear intent for him to steal. I thought the orb, but no, she was looking at the instrument used to reverse Day's sterility. While she distracts the doctor with questions surrounding Day's own reversal and how it's done. When the doctor wants to continue, she promptly shuts him down because he's going to bring up another. Like, what else do you need to see in there? And she's like, I think you're done rummaging around for the day. With Demerzel concurring, but now wants to be alone with the queen. Run, bitch! Run! Demerzel's words are simple. I know you came here because you believe the Empire killed your family. If you're thinking of revenge, you should think of them how they died and the precision that I bring to my work. I thought this was a well-balanced scene. Even when Seraph broke down at the end, she waited until Demerzel left the room. They both handled themselves 
But me thinks that they did not want her to have that confirmation in her mind. And Demerzel just tossed that shit out in the open. Like it wasn't supposed to be a secret. Cause she's like, it can't come back to you. So clearly he's not keen on her, you know, at least Demerzel openly being like, yeah, I killed him and what of it? <laughs> he did not give her that order. She did that of her own accord because he was surprised later on when she goes to see him in the garden and he puts on a smile when he get when he does see her and that's another thing i still don't it's the same thing that rue says i don't know why he likes you <laughs> but he also could be putting on an act because he looked very much in his in his emotions and i think it's because there was a scene in the beginning when he was alone with demerzel when the lady was like there's something else we have to show you and then we never saw what it was so i'm guessing that's what he was thinking about in that moment but then he was surprised maybe she said i need to show you demerzel and he he was cut out the room he did leave that's true anyhow he really had to figure out what was wrong as if the she-wolf grin didn't give it away i'm gonna kill you not today, not tomorrow, but I'm going to kill you. He uh, continues to go on and on about how she's glowing from the adulation from previously and that she has natural charisma and he's grateful for that irrepressible charisma. And while his is, even though she won't believe it, is cultivated. <laughs> is a hot mess it's okay there's public value in a man who is willing to accept public value accept an able partner and thus he's appreciative <laughs> it's the most backwards compliment <laughs> this is the most backwards freaking three minutes while someone's sitting next to you bristling with anger she wants to talk about her family. We, the way she even introduced it, we never talk about my family. Oh, well, you were a debutante. Now you're an empress. <laughs> it got nothing to do with her family. He also thinks her rise to power is a propaganda dream, though people will love that. She says, look, they'll be bound to you as kin, so you should know them. Yes, how nice. She continues on because she wants him to know what she lost, what who these people were that he so casually, cruelly wiped out of her own existence. Her father was subtle, never raised his voice to her. Even when she would do something like pour some expensive ink in a lake, he said, well, the lake is prettier. Her brother Thurston was a soldier who carried an injured comrade on his back for two whole days, even though his own collarbone was broken. Her mother, whom everyone thought was remote, but loved her children dearly and was the painter. 
her sister Shannon, who liked to smoke cigars when conducting business and one time stayed up all night searching a room for her spider so that she could sleep. And then there was her baby son, Marios. Hey, bro. What? Oh, my God. The audience and Day hear the full extent of her trauma and how good these people were that were taken from her. And his response is to hold her hand and say they will be honored. But she quickly let him know. I wish I could tell them the impact you had on their lives. And he knows the gig is up. He's unwilling to admit that he did anything other than she is here by an uncanny bit of luck and my grace. And all you need to say is, I am grateful. So she replies, yes, Empire, I am grateful before walking away. I am none the wiser of just how much she is not grateful. (laughs) Or he just feels that the situation is in hand like you're like he even said good like good girl you did what you're told he probably expected that Demerzel made her point and it's handled but I don't know how many conversations you and Demerzel actually have where she tells you everything that you need to know because <laughs> she clearly didn't give you the heads up that Secrets out the bag. She tells her guard to arrange to meet Dawn where the walls can't listen. Dawn and Seraph meet in physical disguise, accompanied by her guard. Was that guy that was walking behind them her guard in disguise? I don't know. Maybe not. Who cares? He knows about this place because all Cleons when they're 17 are given a grand tour where he learned the oculi and the heat sinks don't work which is why he he arranged for this place for them to meet when she it's it's in response to her question of are we safe here can we not be heard here (laughs) and he said something like it's the Cleon way to use 10 words instead of just a couple He points out that she is risking both their lives with this meeting, aware of what happened to the previous Dawn that left the palace, something they're all told, all of the Dawns are told from childhood. (laughs) Like, hey, just so you know, your namesake left the palace and I had to kill him, baby. So don't make me do that to you again. She points out Demerzel told her she killed her family on day's orders and that he confirmed it which is all kinds of things to discover about the people you're supposed to love and respect like what kind of shit he says well what do you want from me what can i do i have no power and me and dusk are already surviving on grace alone this dude's gonna kill me She can't back out of the marriage or they will kill her, but she doesn't want to have the bastard's baby. So the proposition, because Don is different, despite having similar eyes, his are kind. Here's this reverse sterilizer. Let's have a baby. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) Excuse me? 
this is not where I thought this was going. <laughs> Mainly because I didn't realize what was taken off of the table. <laughs> she says, uh, we'll have sex before the wedding so that I get pregnant. My ovaries have already been stimulated. <laughs> And he's already being cut out. He's never going to give you power. And I know that you want to have a legacy. I know you want to have a shadow just as much as he does. And why shouldn't you be the last one that ends the dynasty? If that's what's going to fix the problem. And then you find out a little bit later, that's exactly why you're doing this. Oh, hell no. How, why do you get to be the one that goes out in glory? Like I didn't like, come on, I should at least get a chance. He is hesitant at first. And while she could have kissed him a couple of times, because he definitely was leaning into it, she allowed him to do the kissing, made him make the decision. He says it's suicide. And she says, no, it's a bloodless fucking coup. Finally, we go back to Constant and Polly, who get their meeting with the Empire. Polly goes into thinking this is his chance to to sell the empire on opening diplomatic relations. He presents him with a gift, which is an atomic ashtray. Absurd. (laughs) That's a reference from the book. Polly is quickly brushed aside as the patsy. While Harry, who embedded himself or part of himself, and to constant finally reveals what uh what the true intention was which was to address the empire as the prophet to underline his cleric's words like look we're suing for peace not because we fear we'll lose but because if there is war we know we'll win they allows him to say his peace because he thinks he's outsmarted Harry by studying him. I had a lot of time to read. He chose to end the genetic dynasty so that his calculations, his predictions can prove fruitless. He even took his own words when he said at that time in the genetic dynasty. But that was never going to happen. <laughs> And now you've given this man 130, actually more than that, right? Is it 130? Yeah, 138 years prior to, oh yeah, because it's 73 something, because there's, the when the foundation were originally kicked out, I want to say it's over 200 years ago that they were dealing with this particular day. Because I know 138 years is the time that Gail has been in cryosleep and so is Salvor. But Salvor grew up on the planet, so they were they had that track there, then all those years. I'm just gonna put it out there at 200 years. I could be close or wrong, but it's been much longer than 138. Let's just put it out there. And he really thinks because he chose to do something 200 years later. <laughs> That his predictions are on old information. <laughs> okay, you really don't know how. You should have been reading books on psychohistory and not on Harry. 
Because all he did was look at Dawn. It's our belief that you're such a stupid motherfucker. You'll fall for this bullshit. <laughs> he confirms what Bell Rios told him. Hey, we got better ships. We got better technology. He said, well, shit, that's my technology. So he orders Demerzel to have Bell Rios surround Terminus and to send additional fleets. There's two things he did not listen to. The first being, you don't know what they are capable of. That's what Demerzel told him. And here you are, Harry Seldon telling you, we've outpaced you in technology. Oh, and your, your, uh, your diplomatic mission with the spacers, that failed. It totally failed. You don't even know what was fucking offered in that meeting all you know is they decided to hand over hober who happened to get away he did not at all consider that what harry is saying is true despite all the evidence to the contrary i would have sent his best general to scope out what the fuck is going on you need to know more all you heard is conjecture and seeing the people that you've been presented with thus far that doesn't seem to be particularly threatening because you've kept that set you know you you think this is just some religion to some ghost person and yeah he's uh he's definitely setting himself up for failure he's also very quick to judge harry when he flips his fingers in a way tell him does later and he has him electrically shocked out of constant who admits that she knew he was there but he told her not to say anything he goes well what kind of ghost prophet do you follow he is someone that you're choosing to serve but he keeps his elder in the dark as it pawns their pans to dusk and uses the body of a girl Sarah, for his uh he, he just chose her to be his uh what do you call that incubator you love him you'll forgive him but the violation after that he insults her heritage by saying never trust a thespian when they bring a gift I am not sure what he's going to do with these two, but I have a feeling that Constance is going to be made an example of because he particularly looked into her eyes and felt disgust. And I think that making an example of her and then leaving Polly as kind of, you know, tell them what you saw (laughs) type of thing or i don't know maybe he's using polly for information he certainly doesn't need both of them and because he did threaten her and not polly because he even said cleric i think that you are being honest but your girl over here is clearly holding a secret and she knew about that secret which in his mind he'd be like well that made you culpable And that's where we leave Trantor. I'm guessing next episode we're going to be, and I can't wait for that shit, out 
at Terminus. And he's probably going to get his ass kicked. (laughs) They have happened. I mean, come on. You're talking to people who have domesticated one of the most foul creatures on the fucking planet that you can't even find it. Get out of here. (laughs) It's it. You left all that time on their own. Way more, way more retcon needed to be done. Let's go to Ignis because that is a better place to travel because it leaves with a big cliffhanger too. But I think that the Hobart Mallow storyline plays into the transfer storyline. Actually, I guess that would be better to make that next. So yeah, let's go ahead and go there. Mallow in the swarm speaks to oh we wrote down her name a little bit later in my notes because she wasn't introduced she is center and he tells her i got these coordinates from harry selden who is a mathematician a great predictor he's good at it and before you space me because no one can know the location of the swarm and they hop around for that exact purpose He presents her with an offer. Keep that in mind that they could have spaced him. That was the plan. They didn't need to hand him over. They could have just walked him outside. Instead, they handed him over as an excuse for mother and daughter to meet and then communicate in a manner that no one else knows how to understand. And he gets away. He gives her with Opalis something that should be impossible to synthesize, but they have the foundation. Empire made them slaves to the nutrient in exchange for 10% of their offspring to use as navigators, which reinforces what Constant was told. And he does mention, I don't know if he made you this way or not. He made them that way. So he, he made a race to utilize for his own purpose, took 10% of their offspring so that they had to depend on them for their own continued freedom. It's really diabolical. As suspected, if the Empire thinks they can make the spacers obsolete, Empire will. And the ship already being constructed and successful poses a threat to their economic future. The fact that they got a straight up demonstration on just how advanced that technology is. (laughs) Once again, feels like the, feels as if the, the, the demonstration wasn't quite over the pitch. And of course, Empire will take anything, as he stated at the end of this episode, that the Foundation has created. And if that's better tech, hey. (laughs) And he went right after it. And all of this is lining up in the same amount of time. And it's rather brilliant because the spacers don't automatically end up being on Empire's radar as someone that could possibly betray him because they did this thing. But all they really did was hear a man out and hand him over with a soft no. He proposes that they were together. 
In return, they will pay them opalis, but their reward will be their freedom. Glaywin and Belrios enjoy some downtime with Glay reading his book and Belrios watching the Empire announce that he's ending the genetic dynasty, pointing out that he's not going to change. With Gail- Glaywin? Glaywin saying that the need to procreate isn't impressive. She who bends light shows them the footage of Suena that she's never seen space foe quite like that. Glaywin wonders if they could possibly be growing a host's brain when she who bends light gets a message from her mother in a communication fashion that neither man has seen before considering their long history you know mom and daughter pass information between them right on the outside she who is center points out that if empire learns of their conversation they will demand 20 percent of their offspring and intends to hand him over they meet at the docking station where Homer is handcuffed she is center greets her daughter first and tells the general she came in person because she wanted to see her daughter he thanks her for handing Halber over who doesn't look too alarmed and he also didn't seem to notice that his bite mark was glowing until she removed the handcuff so they slipped something to him some type of technology and he was unaware of it happening and he find found out in that particular moment and because only an idiot wouldn't hedge their bets it's clear that she is center is keeping her options open and why wouldn't she everything he said is absolutely true authentic and would be worth taking note of not one person would think that especially if you have the proof right in front of you one thing if it's speculation it's another thing when you're like yeah i got here based on someone's coordinates because his math is that good and y'all literally jump randomly so if we pulling out boss moves to show who's got boss status that would be it that would be it and these people are slaves why would they not seek their freedom hubber attempts to escape but is quickly beaten by both rios and glaywin how do your ships work it's not even my ship plus i'm a bit out of breath i've been selling hard (laughs) he uh opens the opens the ship i don't know what to call it cargo hold i don't know and he says look these come with a certain security system and Becky is unleashed and not happy. She knocked Bell Rios like five feet away. Glaywin tried to do something, but y'all was, he was almost taken out until Hober says, okay, good girl. Come on, let's go now. He gets on the ship and the spacers are like, no, he's too close. He can't make that type of jump. He'll just incinerate himself. Oh shit. Oh shit. even glay was after that like are we on the right side (laughs) i don't feel like we're on the right side that jump shouldn't even been possible 
you know it's it's uh it's impressive when even the spacers are like how the hell we need to get on that you're on the wrong side i think we're on the wrong side y'all empire and demerzara updated that the foundation has outpaced them humiliate him dare not and that the spaces were offered freedom though they declined (laughs) well they were offered to work together with the foundation but notice that nothing was mentioned about the obelisk because they don't want they don't want the uh the empire to know that they got options or even that they were offered something that they themselves thought they were exclusively to they're hedging their bets man like we'll see how this works out they wonders if they hired the blind angels with demerzel cautioning that the problem is they don't know what the foundation is capable of he is going to scapegoat his reason for attack not that he needs one at least i don't feel like he needs a reason to attack but he certainly is going to prove or utilize like i was suspecting the foundation as the ones that tried to kill him while Galewin would like to side with the foundation or at least take some kind of action against the empire while you know while, while revolution seems to be going on but rios lists all the reasons he has considered how it could be done and the next steps after it has been done and i like that we get to see his his uh true thought process and he gets mad like do you know what the empire will do he's not going to kill me he's going to kill you and then he's going to put me in a prison cell and link your death to my eyeballs and torture it to me from all of for all the time because that's the type of dickhead this guy is all right so (laughs) all of his reasons as he's point out are very rational like hey I've seen the times of darkness or places in the world where there is darkness, that where there's lawlessness. At least we, the foundation, or at least, sorry, the empire brings some stability. Everyone knows what the law is, who the law is. You take all of that away, you get that power vacuum, and then you have, what do you say, rapists as kings, which we've had plenty of those. Um the poor is going to suffer people are going to die and he simply will not allow himself for that to be the option when he believes the foundation isn't ready so galen agrees to back off because now that it's been explained to him and he is assured that he's the same man he used to be he just wanted to confirm he thought it through like hey we do have killer options and did you explore those killer options (laughs) and that's the thing he kept saying like even if i cut off the head of the snake another head's gonna pop up they're just decan another one well what if we blew up all of them (laughs) then we have to deal with what comes after so yeah I, i like that bit of back and forth finally let's talk about ignis this storyline is a bit of a circle jerk because until the reveal happens it's just a whole bunch of and i don't know what the fuck this kid's doing i still contend that this whole entire thought experiment storyline is not only to introduce the 
second foundation in the mentalics but show what a mentalic at the height of their power is capable of doing but i do want to get to it because the conversation between gail and salvor is rather stale in a way that bothers me only because as a person i don't like when people say things like trust me when clearly you're not doing things that that would make me trust you gail is counting primes sitting on a rock something she does when she's stressed or trying to concentrate she knocks salver over with the force as suspected salver doesn't want to be accepted by these people and thinks that they should leave never mind harry supposedly left with their ship you can find another one of them and just get somewhere else Gail refuses to go saying that they need these people which leads them back to the meal conversation and Salver's inevitable death so now you're willing to bank our entire future on Tellum instead of answering that question Gail urges her to bury those thoughts which prompt Salver to ask what is she hiding that others don't know Salver points out that this place is about openness, but I can't read anyone, including Tellum. Something is wrong here. Little kid shows up out of nowhere, surmising that they are angry with each other and brings them to the feast. Once they get back with the others, Gail just ghosts her own daughter. (laughs) Tellum comes up to her like, uh, we got work to do. Okay, I know how to fish. Just left her all alone. Gail clearly knows there's something wrong, but she doesn't want Salvor to know. She's got her own thing going on. And like her mentor daddy, she's keeping it all to herself. Scarface greets Salvor, apologizes once again for the misunderstanding by pointing out that this place is a salvation and all it takes is a touch to understand people that i was an outsider wherever i went but now here i'm i'm accepted for who i am and you eventually will be accepted too because she points out that Tellum is only interested in gail he spots a boat in the distance which catches salver's eye she tosses her coin but finds that it doesn't work her and Laurent go back into town with the basket of ghost Maliks, which he puts into a pan. Both Gail and Salvor feel the immense pain of death. And Talon tells them they are broadening among their people. And that pain is the price of admission. That should not be the price of admission. <laughs> And it felt very selective that they would feel the pain of these animals because she, she somehow, not somehow, but she basically opened their mind to that pain. She talks of Kandor, who was someone that hunted the ghost Maliks to extinction. So he died young, fat, and purple. Salver is put off by the fact that everything she eats now is going to be screaming all the way down. Both seem to accept this, uh, 
I suppose philosophical looking at the universe because it makes a lot of sense in one respect but you definitely can feel her talking out of both sides of her mouth she also says there's a few things they still need to know to be cited and that they are almost there Sauber says so I guess I'm squinting like a baby when they're all conjured together doing their knitting a metallic girl with her mouth because <laughs> i suppose that's rude asks about the mule because gail continues to think about it she presents a strong persuasive case for why they are brought together that the universe is getting worse that's why you've all found each other i used to believe in math and it helped me find something that she was born with but she knows what it's like to be ostracized for who you are. And she thinks it's their responsibility to, you know, to help change things if they can. She's doing her whole recruitment. Lauren looked at Talum, but she nodded with all according to plan. Sour finds the boat Scarface was looking at with the erased data, but she is able to retrieve some additional information gail approaches her to ask what she's doing she says look Lorraine was looking at this boat earlier i flipped my coin and realized that someone is blocking my abilities she's determined to find out what is going on she's opening her eyes but gail tells her there are things happening that she doesn't understand and i hate when people say that if I don't understand. Help me. Help me. Nigga. Salver tells her about being told her whole life since she was a child that she was special and how it messes with your head. And she thinks that Gail may be losing herself to that idea. People are out there looking at you like you're a savior, which is fine. But don't you go drinking your own Kool-Aid. Gail says... You don't need to trust them, but you need to trust me. This is not the time to pull threads. Laurent was in the background. And because that statement was used a second later, either this wasn't, well, Gail's, Laurent's the one good at changing faces. Does he need to be close to change faces? Does he need to be the one changing faces? Was this really Gail is what I'm getting after? I want to say it was. It was really Gail, but there's something going on with the wordplay. Why did she call it threads? That's something she clearly got from Tellum if it is Gail or that Gail was Tellum. Because later, of course, Albert doesn't listen, goes out to the lake where Harry's body still is. <laughs> Someone asked me that. Why didn't you say much about Harry's death? He ain't dead. He ain't dead. He he ain't he ain't dead. Why would he even have his body still there? Why would they tie him to a stake that is such an arranged position? <laughs> like you want someone to find your crime scene. No one leaves all this evidence, especially when you don't want the two people to find the evidence that happened to be possibly on a stronger power length than you are. Lord. So Sabra finds Harry's body swims out to it 
tell them it's like we tried to keep you away from this we didn't want you to have this type of pain and she is in pain and the person next to her i saw that guy he was sitting in the camp earlier there's a lot of speculation that that was gail i don't know how i think i don't know about that but um because they were crying like why would they cry but they explained that they feel all their people's pain so <laughs> i think that's just it this, these people are getting attached and now they feel the pain that that um Salver was feeling at the loss of harry because she even says i tried to spare you this but she tells her sometimes a little death is necessary and then she flips her fingers very much in the way of empire proving that this is the enemy she knocks salver unconscious that was my indication i did not get the indication that she died because if i can knock you unconscious i can cause you to su suffocate i can cause you to drown yourself i can do so many other things other than just knock you out and yes i suppose leaving her in the water flip like that is a great storytelling device to end the episode on and the dun 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 but i'm not a fool that girl ain't dead <laughs> i have too much tv knowledge to even entertain the idea so until you you explicitly show salver or harry being buried in the dirt or sinking to the bottom of the ocean Nah, they're good they're good if anything salver is probably going to be used as the leverage now that the cat's out of the bag to convince gail to give up the prime radiant like hey i got your daughter you know i can choose to let her live or i can choose to kill her which which is going to be thought we we're going to be friends but clearly this didn't work out those are my thoughts and opinions on the episode and the end of the recap, but we do have feedback. So let's hop into the mailbag. Mail, motherfucker. What up, Stina? This is Mimi. This is my feedback for Foundation um, Season 2, Episode 6. I am going to do my best here, but you know how my memory is. I watched this last week sometime. It could have even been a week and a half ago. Um, I just, I thought I sent feedback and then I realized I didn't. And then <laughs> here we are. I was trying to send it at 11 o'clock this morning and I kept getting, um, well, I'm sorry, 10 o'clock this morning, but I was trying to prepare for, I had, a recertification that I had to do um like it's 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 a long class but it was online and there's like a part we have to do online like a like a like a written test part and then you have a like a skills part and I had that at 11 o'clock and after I finished that I was gonna get on here and send my my feedback and then Derek texts me like oh I'm not feeling well it's like he missed Monday it's like you got to go today it's the second week of school He's like, I'm stuffy, blah, blah, blah. I was like, dude, you have allergies. You haven't been taking your medicine like you're supposed to. You're going to stay at school. 
then he's like mom I really don't feel good I don't feel good it was a mess and I'm like this new rule that I have for him if you're not gonna go to school you're not gonna be on the game you're not gonna be you're not gonna have fun you're gonna be doing chores if you're sick you're gonna be in bed in the bed no tv no phone I was like but since I gotta pick you up you gotta do all these you gotta run these errands with me usually he stays home because he hates going places he just likes to be on the video game or on his phone or watching tv so I was like, nope, you're not going to do any of that. So it, it ended up punishing myself because I was in the car and it was long. And oh, here I am <laughs> trying to get this done. So I do know, I remember I really liked this episode. I really liked the focus on the, I know they don't want to call them mentalics. I forget what Tellum said that they were called, but that group. I was really rooting for them. Um, I was really rooting for them. And to my um, dismay, Tellum is not very good of a person. I understand that she's trying to protect her planet and her people. And, you know, seeing what they all went through, like, it sucks. But, like, I feel like if you were really a good person, you would, you would, because you're doing to um, Gail what the same thing that Harry is doing. You're only giving her some of the information and then making her make a decision based off that. And if you really thought she was the savior, you should be, tell her the truth. Look, look, I don't trust Harry. I don't want him here. He has to go. But instead, you make her think he's leaving and you kill Harry. I I can't I really don't trust her now and now I don't trust her or Harry so now I just don't don't trust anybody and Gail is determined to trust somebody why she just can't trust Salvar and and that's one of the things that kind of shocks me I wonder how Tellum was able to lie to Salvar because she can tell when people lie like that's one of her superpowers so I don't know I think I think Salvar is gonna figure it out uh, this next episode, but, um, one of the things I like was getting to see how Harry got to where he was when we first met up with him. I'm assuming he met Raish sometime after, um, he was already on the, I don't know, the empire in with the empire. I don't remember the name. I can't think of the name of that planet or the system. Um, but, knowing that he had a essentially a wife like she didn't believe in marriage but she she was willing to have his baby so to me that meant she wanted to be with him and then like he like felt the moment his baby died like that's something men very like don't get to experience um seeing that he was actually in love with someone that was sad seeing what happened um I don't know if it necessarily turned him into who he is I don't know if he feels responsible because she was like, we should just leave. And he was determined to like, no, um, she made her choice. And if she dies, she die. And it like his, uh, his decisions have consequences and they affect people around you. And he should have foreseen that. But seeing that side of him did mean something. Um, I really wish that they would just kill the man, like instead of let him slowly drown. Um, sounds like an awful way to die. Just, you know, the water just splashing in your face and you just drinking a little bit of it slowly, uh, drowning multiple times. 
until you actually do drown that sounds terrible um I wish we I don't know I wish we could have maybe you know had more on tell them I mean I guess it's always time but I'm just very curious as to why she feels the way she does about Harry I get she doesn't trust him um clearly you know Harry has no problem killing people especially for his revenge she clearly seems to want revenge too so I feel like there's something else with the story that we haven't gotten yet um her just not trusting him and not wanting to like be the second foundation can't really be it because she told Gail that she would I don't know I don't know I'm very curious about this though but I I just like I like the story. It 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 worked for me the way it played out, the way they showed us everything. I even if Harry dies, like they don't know about the other Harry. So that's something. And for all we know, he could have a whole bunch of horcruxes everywhere, all over the place. And when one dies, he'll just go get another one. <laughs> um another one will metabolize. So I guess we'll see. Um I also am liking empire's queen she is turning out to be a boss bitch um i can't wait for her to find out what he really did um and then Giselle, i don't know if she caught feelings for um day and that's what we're looking at um but when you brought up the point about her like possibly being a uh, part of the attempted um assassin assassination I was like oh maybe maybe she I mean she she does not she's a like essentially an android so she, her memory is long and she probably still remember what you know what they did you know hundreds of years ago what was it 138 years ago the one that um made her kill her like savior I don't that's not the right word I don't remember I don't remember what that woman was to her but it was like a religious group and that was like her messiah um and then he stole her um vision to make people think that he actually saw something when he really didn't so maybe she remembers all that and she's plotting her revenge i don't know but i love how uh dusk and uh dawn are um side plotting that's awesome I also really enjoyed, I don't know, I Hober is his name. I forget what his last name is, but the planet he was on, like those creatures, like for the ship, they were like, you know, we're human too. Like, are you I'm very, I'm very curious to know what kind of human you are, but I don't know if I'm supposed to feel this way, but those little gold, tall, long, slim, also human creatures that, you know, I guess, stay awake while everyone on you know the ship that has to sleep had like their sleep and they wake them up I got the vibe that they were black I don't know if I'm supposed to feel that way but that's how I felt just like even though they're blue to me when I see Avatar the movie I always see black people black and brown like Native American Africans like that's that's all I see like the the um forest people were africans and the sea people they i i want to say that they're um dominican 
maybe Cuban. <laughs> I don't know that that's what James uh, Cameron was going for, but that's what I see. Um, anyway, um, I think that's all I got. I'm gonna go ahead and send this now. Um, hopefully you get it in time. So until next time, love, peace, hair grease, black girl magic, queen of the couch, me, me out. That was Mimi with her thoughts on episode six. So she asked me earlier if I recorded the podcast yet because she couldn't find it. And I said no, because I thought she knew I recorded six already and she was going to send feedback for seven. But no, no, no. She said she thought she already sent feedback for it. I I think she did on the last episode. I could be wrong, though. Maybe not. No, she didn't send feedback for for six. Um, And now I'm on to seven. That you probably looked earlier, didn't see Friday. I actually put it out there. <laughs> and then it was seven that I was trying to catch up myself. So now I I won't get spoiled on what the next three episodes, which should be pretty, pretty good ones. That being said, um <laughs> that stuff about your kid, it cracks me up because my Maya, Maya does the same thing. I was trying to say my daughter, and I just said my and Maya together. She does the same thing. She be going to the office and everything, having them call her. Maya's here in the office. She fine. She's she's fine. <laughs> I'm not coming. <laughs> Basically, if you went to school, don't don't expect to be picked up from school. Point blank. Period. If I was gonna make that call, it would have been like you said. I would do the same thing. If you're really sick, then nothing. But shit, tell with them, they'll be like, I just want to sit up your ass all day. So that's not really a punishment. I don't, I don't think it is. I don't think it is the way we think it is. But as far as uh, since you didn't watch episode seven, I'm going to let you watch episode seven because I think some of your questions like Salver's coin flipping will be answered. Um, and a couple of other questions that you had. You mentioned that they were blue. I'm like, no, the um, they're kind of golden and like they're portrayed by african-american women the three that we've seen uh so i think your metaphor sticks but i didn't see that they were blue i saw that they were kind of a golden that would light up i don't know maybe different tinting screen i don't know (laughs) uh as far as gail i think one more than one one perception is that you don't trust Harry and thus you don't feel that Harry is should be trusted. Um, but I think for different reasons than Gail. I'm wondering if you just don't think that Gary has the best interests of mankind uh, at all due to, and I think that's a, that's a valid question to ask, especially after the reveal that what prompted all of this was well what furthered it what influenced it was revenge but he still was working on psychohistory before that and at the end of the season I'll go a little bit deeper because they're gonna do an episode nine I believe or is this supposed to be eight I hope it's nine because I was really looking to see them go to war next episode. (laughs) But that could be the penultimate episode. It actually makes more sense that the next episode would be a Demerzel episode. Uh, So I think we're going to get a lot of filling in and I'll be curious to talk at that point about Harry. But Gail is loyal to Harry. Whatever her 
untrustworthiness comes from it's because she's being kept out of the loop not that she's just being lied to that that didn't happen to her the only person that lied to her straight up was um was Raish because he knew everything that's why uh you know he was telling Salvor in that conversation that she redirected her anger and maybe I redirected my anger because we both are angry at the same person that messed up the plan and then when she was explained what happened well to say that her response wasn't reasonable he just expected her to to put the plan before everything else but there's no doubt that she believes in the plan and in his math otherwise she wouldn't have put her life on the line to uh to back it in the first place she could have easily gotten out of this and she knew she was a part that's the thing i want to give gail more of a you know oh man you betrayed me but she knew she was being utilized as a pawn from the beginning from season one from the moment she showed up (laughs) you know and she was even explained to harry utilized you for this purpose so to find out that he once again was utilizing her that's not a surprise the surprise was the 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 race aspect of it all um but she i think she fully gets why it's just more like well i'm the only other person that 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 you got now uh and them working through that but i i just don't see her being like oh i'm not i don't trust harry over tell him she would choose Harry over Telem any day. And that's the reason why Telem killed him. <laughs> she knew damn well, Gail was never going to go forward without Harry. Um, secondly, I, like I said, I get where your distrust of Harry comes from, but I think the man in the plan, well, well, the math doesn't lie. Let's just put it like that. The math doesn't lie. <laughs> And the last thing I wanted to discuss was the Avatar movie. While I agree that I want to see the, well, actually I don't, I can't, I can see it that way because there were a lot of black actors that were playing those roles. Um, but I would argue that they would be the native Americans and then the people, the ocean people uh that might just be another group of native americans (laughs) different tribes um when i was watching that movie i felt like it was supposed to be connected to something too uh but if one is i mean you can make the pandora as the africa analogy but you can very much make it as the united states analogy so i guess it just depends on which analogy you want to use there we go that's um that that's a clear definition of where i uh because i used to think the same way like this is the black people struggle it is it is but it's also a lot of other people struggle (laughs) um we ain't the only one got jacked from our lands so that is where i'm gonna leave it i did send you a message already to say hey by the way we're on episode seven 
<laughs> but I will look forward to your thoughts. I know too much about certain things too, so I won't say anything. I just can't say anything in your feedback because I don't want to change your mind one way or another. So I'm just going to leave it alone. That is going to end the podcast this week. If you want to send feedback as well, blackercouch at gmail.com. My social media will be below. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic.